can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey guys, welcome to Thursdays with Wayne. With one twist, I'm not Wayne. This is Rudy stepping in for the big guy. Normally, Thursdays is about water testing, so I want to try to stick with that same motif. What I'd like to cover is how buffers work. Buffers, your bicarbonate buffering system and your borate buffering system. The mobile waterlink spin touch allows pool and spa professionals the ability to test water in the field. A patented waterlink spin reagent disc is used with the innovative photometer to measure 10 different tests in just 60 seconds. That's right, just 60 seconds, and you'll have results displayed simultaneously on the photometer's touchscreen. That's not all. You also have the ability to send the data through Bluetooth into a smartphone or a tablet device. The photometer can measure free chlorine, bromine, total chlorine, combined chlorine, pH, alkalinity, hardness, cyanuric acid, copper, iron, phosphate, borate, biguanide, biguanide shock, and salt. The water analysis can be proactive since they are able to measure all of these important tests and recommend correct procedures to fix their water chemistry issues when using our WaterLink Solutions Pro software program. It allows pool and spa analysts the best way to achieve precise results. So simple, anyone can use it. This is the most advanced system for precise use of wet chemistry methods ever produced. Pool and spa analysts can achieve precision without time-consuming tests or cleanup procedures. This groundbreaking analysis system is so simple, no vials to fill, no prep time, no guessing. To learn more about this innovative lab, visit www.waterlinkspintouch.com. Again, www.waterlinkspintouch.com. It's been a big question. A lot of folks are always curious. Does it work? The answer is yes. But keep in mind, the main reason we look at these things, the main reasons we use borates, the main reasons that we keep our total alkalinity in balance are to aid in preventing a pH drift, either upward or downward. Imagine you had a fort. That is fort pH. And you want to protect it. So you send out troops and you establish a front line. Let's say there's something coming that risks lowering your pH. This is where we build up our front line of bicarbonate troops. As those things come through, the bicarbonate troops takes out as many of them as it possibly can. And the way it does this is by changing it into something that won't lower the pH. But the bicarbonate uses itself up in the process. So yeah, you'll take out a lot of enemy soldiers, but you're also going to lose some of your own. You have to be ready for that. So that's the reason why when you add muriatic acid, the pH will come down. 
But depending on where your total alkalinity is, that determines how far it'll drop. The same with a heavy rain. Rainwater is acidic. Rainwater is always acidic, not acid rain, just acidic. Acid rain is super, super acidic. So as that rain comes through, you have your front line out there getting ready to handle everything that will lower the pH. By changing it into something that is not acidic and using some of itself up in the process, unfortunately, some of it does still get through and attack fort pH, and that does bring the level down slightly, but not as much as if we did not have a well-fortified front line. So the more troops we have on that front line, the more we can prevent the evil pH lower to get through. Borate's very much the same. Maybe something's attacking our fort that wants to raise the pH. This is where your borate buffering system comes in handy. The borates change whatever that is into something else by adopting it and changing the borate into something else. So the borate's still there. It just becomes something else. But the same principle, we have that front line. And the stronger we build that front line, the more protection we have against whatever's coming in to try to lower or increase the pH. That's the main reason we use buffering systems in swimming pools. Again, to prevent pH drift upward or downward. We don't want either one. There are some other benefits. That's one of the reasons this became extremely popular in the post-pandemic years, borates. Because borates will not only keep the pH from drifting upward, it does also serve as an algostat. An algostat prevents algae. It won't kill algae, but it will prevent it from becoming established. It prevents it from gaining a foothold, which is fantastic. Because if the borate's handling the algae, that means the chlorine we put into the water doesn't have to mess with that. It frees itself up to sanitize and disinfect other things, which also means that our chlorine supply should last longer because we don't need as much of it now to keep up with the problems that we have because we have the borates helping us out by keeping the algae away. Borates, as it does, act as a bit of a scale preventative. It does ensure you get that crisp, clear Caribbean look to the water that we want. Also, a nice silky feel to it. And it does help to prevent UV degradation of chlorine. So it acts kind of like cyanuric acid, just not as good as cyanuric acid. Speaking of which, cyanuric acid does also buffer your pH, works best in preventing a downward drift. So by maintaining a solid, a good total alkalinity, cyanuric acid level and borate level, you can, and I don't want to use the word lock in place because it's not exactly accurate, you can make it more challenging for your pH to fluctuate. As things come in that would lower the pH, we got that front line out there. It deadens the impact of whatever that is on the pH, so the pH will not drop as much as if your total alkalinity or your cyanuric acid was lower. Again, total alkalinity, much, much more buffering capacity than cyanuric acid, but cyanuric acid is there, so I have to include it. I do also have to fairly say that a borate level will also help slightly in preventing a downward drift, just as total alkalinity will work slightly in preventing an upward drift.
So we have both of those at hand. If something was coming to attack our pH that was going to increase the pH, again, that front line that we built up, the stronger the front line, the less of those enemy troops are going to get through. A buffer is a chemical that serves as the water's ability to resist a change in pH. And again, it does this by changing things that would lower the pH or increase the pH into something that won't. Total alkalinity, again, the one that you're probably most familiar with, your bicarbonate buffer system, even though it buffers against both an upward and downward drift, it does do its best job in resisting a pH drop. 1.4 pounds of sodium bicarbonate, that's the amount that we add to increase the total alkalinity of 10,000 gallons of water by 10 parts per million. Maintaining a cyanuric acid level, as I mentioned before, will do the same, just not as good as total alkalinity does. It will keep the pH from going up or down and does its best job against preventing a dip. Like I said initially, it won't stop the pH level from moving, but it does make it much more difficult for it to go from point A to point another point on that 0 to 14 scale. Now, 13 ounces of cyanuric acid, that will increase the cyanuric acid level of 10,000 gallons of water by 10 parts per million. Establishing the borate level that we talked about will also buffer against a movement in either direction, but excels in resisting an upward drift. Borate and water work similarly to the total alkalinity in that it changes things that would drive the pH upward into something that won't. Obviously, if the goal is to use much less acid, this is the level that is most important, but it's the combination of the three that really keeps the pH in the acceptable range. So when looking at borate, borate acts as a buffer against, again, an upward drift in pH. By stripping a hydroxide from a strong base like sodium hydroxide, the sodium hydroxide then dissociates into sodium and then also into tetrahydroxyborate. So it stays a borate product. Now, the dose these are big pounds, big doses associated with borates. So you can use borax right off the shelf at the supermarket. 37 pounds will raise your borate level of 10,000 gallons by 50 parts per million. The better way to go would be with boric acid. 23.75 pounds will raise the borate level of 10,000 gallons of water by 50 parts per million. Why 50 parts per million? That's our max level. So assuming we're at zero, if you're using borax, 37 pounds. If you're using boric acid, 23.75 pounds. Now, the 20-mule team borax is probably a lot easier to find. It's located in the laundry aisle of your local grocery store. But again, it does take a much, much higher dose. And it will also jack up your pH and total alkalinity significantly, requiring a large dose of acid to rebalance it. However, once it's rebalanced, It'll stay pretty much in place. Again, strong front line. Another cool thing about borates, again, once it's established, it does not dissipate or degrade. It stays there. So the only way we lose borate in a pool after we establish a level is backwashing, bather splash out, bather drag out, or if the pool has a leak, similar to calcium hardness, total dissolved solids, and cyanuric acid. Those things are all only going to increase with the, the exceptions noted. 
like draining. Draining will definitely lower the level of any of those. You may find that you have to tweak it slightly over time, again, due to water loss from backwashing, bather, drag out, or splash out. Of course, a leak. With a leak, you will have difficulty maintaining a sufficient borate level, which brings up a great point. If you're going to start using borates in a pool, you're also going to need a borate test kit. So make sure you have one of those. The best possible borate bicarbonate buffer system would have a total alkalinity of 80 to 100 parts per million, a cyanuric acid level of 30 to 50 parts per million, and a borate level of 30 to 50 parts per million. No higher than 50 parts per million on the borate. Aquastar Pool Products, Blu-ray XL, Pool Magazine, Ray Pack, Lamont Company. These Talking Pools podcast sponsors are all participating in the Talking Pools podcast trade show poker run on February 24th at the Everything Under the Sun Pool and Spa Expo in Orlando. Rudy and Andrea will be at the revved up apparel booth from 10.30 a.m. to noon for a special meet and greet. That's where the poker run begins. Revved up apparel, booth 533. That's where you can pick up your trade show poker run scorecard and instructions at 11 a.m. Or stop by any time between 10.30 a.m. and noon to say hello. Let's do some selfies. Stop at the five participating sponsor booths to get dealt your card in the specified order and at the specified times. Cards will be dealt at each location until they've dealt their entire deck. So first come first serve. Last stop on the poker run is the skimmer booth at 1.30 where you will submit your cards and score sheet. Best hand wins. Announced at 2 p.m. Cash prizes and prizes. It's winner take all all in the Talking Pools podcast trade show poker run. In the case of a tie, it will be high card draw to determine a winner. Don't miss the fun. Don't miss the run. Borates may very well be the new craze in the swimming pool industry post-pandemic. It's as close to being the magic pill as anything has ever come before. It's not new. This is a rebirth. This is an ancient pool pro secret that's making its way back because the pool industry hit hard times with the chlorine shortage. The team at Pool Chlor had conducted a lot of the original research using a borate buffering system in swimming pools back in the early seven or back in the late seventies, early eighties. In the past couple of decades, trouble free pool has also increased awareness of the many benefits of boron oxygen compounds. Again, to reiterate, what does borate do for you? It improves swimmer comfort, softens water, provides good algae control, reduces scaling, improves clarity, reduces corrosion, saves energy. It's added easily and dissolves instantly. It improves oxidizer performance and longevity, especially with chlorine. And it gives you that amazing buffering capacity. And again, buffering is the main reason we had always used borates in swimming pools. The fact that it's an algistat, we're focusing on that now because we have those benefits with chlorine supply within shortage. Remember, we called it a poolmageddon. And now the price is through the roof. So that borate buffering system still does help stretch your supply. The way any buffering system works is we establish a level of a weak acid 
like carbonic acid or boric acid, and then its conjugate base, like bicarbonate or tetraborate. This solution in water can neutralize strong acids or bases by turning them into something else. The buffer makes that happen by donating or accepting a proton, a hydrogen ion, when the pH level is threatened with a downward drift. We say that total alkalinity is the water's ability to resist change in pH. Total alkalinity can do this because bicarbonate, along with carbonic acid, is a bicarbonate buffering system. You have a weak acid, you have a weak base. This buffering system, again, buffers against the pH moving up or down, but does its best job in preventing a downward drift. If we already have a total alkalinity level, in a good place between 80 and 100, do we still need to establish a borate level? Yes. Do you need to? No. Is it beneficial? Absolutely. Even with a bicarbonate buffering system, a borate buffering system will still work to help prevent a change in pH. It also tends to specialize in preventing an upward drift. And that all comes down on both to something known as a pKa value. That's the point where we have just as much of the weak acid as we do the conjugate base. So for example, with borate, that pH level happens to be 9.1. If the pKa, the perfect pH, is 9.1 for borates, that means that it is a very effective buffer from a pH of 8.1 through 10.1. Though as your pH increases toward 8.1, it gets harder and harder and harder for the pH to drift upwards. So that works well because we have our acceptable range of 7.2 to 7.8. We have the borates in there, 8.1 to 10.1. So it does tend to keep it in that acceptable range. And again, and the weak acid with borate is boric acid. The conjugate base is tetraborate. Some refer to pKa value as the means to measure the strength of an acid, which it is, but that's a whole different conversation. So when we add that weak acid to pool water, an amount of conjugate base, which is also weak, forms. For example, many large commercial facilities use CO2, carbon dioxide, for pH control. This works because upon injection, the CO2 becomes carbonic acid, the weak acid. We are also aware that this is the only means of lowering pH that will increase the total alkalinity. That's because that carbonic acid donates a hydrogen ion becoming bicarbonate ions. So we have H, excuse me, H2CO3, which is carbonic acid that donates a hydrogen ion. The hydrogen ion does lower the pH because the pH is the measurement of hydrogen ion activity, which leaves us with HCO3, which is bicarbonate. That's our conjugate base. So there we have the CO2 forming carbonic acid, donating a hydrogen ion, lowering the pH, forming HCO3, which is bicarbonate, increasing the total alkalinity, which is exactly what happens when we add CO2 to the water. Let's say we add muriatic acid and we have our bicarbonate buffer system. The bicarbonate ion base, HCO3, accepts a proton and becomes carbonic acid, which is H2CO3, which is just simply bicarbonate HCO3 with the addition of one hydrogen from the muriatic acid becoming that H2CO3, which is our 
carbonic acid. The HCl, the muriatic acid, then loses the hydrogen ion. Muriatic acid is HCl, which becomes chloride. By changing the acid to something else, the effect of the dose of the acid on the pH is changed. So we change CO2 into carbonic acid. Carbonic acid donates a hydrogen ion, which lowers the pH. We're left with HCO3, which raises the total alkalinity because that's bicarb. And then the HCl, the hydrochloric acid that we added, becomes chloride. The pKa value for a specific buffering system, again, is where we have just as much of the weak acid as we do of the conjugate base, a one-to-one ratio. So, for example, with the bicarbonate buffering system this time, that pKa value is 6.1. So, again, with our up one, down one, we have 7.1, 5 5.1. 5.1 to 7.1 is where we get our best buffering capacity from that bicarbonate system. So now if you look at where our acceptable range is on the scale, as the pH tries to move downward, it becomes increasingly harder because of the bicarb buffer system. As the pH moves upward, it becomes increasingly difficult due to the borate buffering system. So with this ratio we have a pH of 6.1. That means we have just as much of our weak acid as we do of our conjugate base, which is where we have our greatest buffering capacity. With our borate system, if with our borate system in place, if we added a dose of sodium hydroxide, which is caustic soda, the boric acid would neutralize that dose, but not by giving a proton. In fact, boric acid is not very giving at all. It's more of a take-take type of thing, and it's not even a measly old proton. It wants more. Boric acid neutralizes a strong base like sodium hydroxide by taking the hydroxide away. Turning itself into tetrahydroxyborate, by changing the acid to something else, the dose of the acid's effect on pH is changed. By changing the base and itself into something else, the dose of a strong base on the water's pH is changed. Boric acid does not donate a hydrogen ion. We discussed that, as we've seen with carbonic acid. Instead, boric acid takes a hydroxyl ion from the water to form its conjugate base, which is tetrahydroxyborate. We also see here the possibility of several other borate species existing within those same ranges as a conjugate base. This is because boric acid breaks the buffering system rules instead of giving it and by not donating a proton. So that's why they say lock it in place. It doesn't really lock it. It doesn't stop it from moving, but it does make it more challenging for the pH to move in either direction because we have that well-established front line that's protecting Fort pH. The closer the pH gets to the pKa value, the greater the level of resistance the pH will meet. A borate With a borate buffer system in place, the closer the pH comes to a pH level of 8.1, the amount of base to make an upward change increases exponentially. It would be the same if we recognize the downward drift with the total alkalinity. As the pH gets closer to 7.1, the more resistance against change it will face. That's all I have for you on Thursday. I hope that I kept it within the chemical testing guidelines of what you normally get from Wayne. So I will say I'm going to see you guys again on Friday, but until then, be good, be safe.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 